Hey everybody and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host Phil Beabout and today we are talking with Tasha Bracken of Tasha Bracken Events about building an amazing client experience. Tasha is a wildly successful luxury planner who has served as president of the Boston Wedding Group, served 10 years on the board of NACE Boston. She's won NACE's Wedding of the Year a whopping four times. Tasha, how are you doing? Good. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I love having planners on because it gives us like a glimpse into the world of like what goes on kind of behind the scenes. And I think that, <laughs> um, well, I think that a lot of people, they don't like understand like how important it is to have a relationship with like a planner. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think a lot of people really, you know, I, I've taught, I've had a few people on here that if it, they all consistently, you know, guys that are in like the luxury market, like, uh, Chris Jesperson and you know, that kind of stuff. These guys that are, uh, they're charging yeah. sub 20 K a wedding for a wedding video. And, um, you know, the, the number one thing is the relationship that they built with the planner. Like that's in order to, you know, get into that like luxury space, you need to go through a planner. Like, I, I don't think anybody that's spending that much on a wedding is going to be reaching out to somebody on the knot. So my yeah. personal opinion, <laughs> so, nothing wrong yeah. with the knot. I'm just saying so like, you're not, you're not going to get a couple come through with that kind of budget. So, yeah, no, that's uh, very true. It's very true. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I don't know if a lot of people kind of understand that connection. Um, and I would say the same for planners is the relationship that they have with venues, um, because that I think tends to be, you know, a very significant referral base for planners, um, as well as relationships with others in the industry as well. I mean, you know, planners need those relationships as much as the other event professionals need planners. So it's definitely, you know, important to look at it as kind of a two-way street and that, you know, you want to work together. And um, while a planner obviously has the most communication and, you know, probably the the strongest relationship with a client that um, I personally feel it's really important that the client also has relationships uh, with their team so that they feel really comfortable with them on the day. Yeah, no, I, um, I think that's a really good point. I know when typically when we're working through a planner, most of our correspondence and that kind of stuff is just going directly through the planner, which is, that's one reason why the bride hires a planner. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like that's the, yeah. And some people have a hard time kind of letting go of that, uh, like intimacy that they have with the couple. Like, oh, you know, I'm not texting the bride or, you know, this kind of, yeah, it's just, I think that that's kind of a natural, it, it's a hard thing to let go of, but then that also is what starts to separate like lower end markets from higher end markets. That goes back to, you know, you're going to yeah. be going through a planner if you're in the luxury market. So you have to, there's like a give and take. It's not for everybody, but um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I guess let's, let's start at the beginning how did Tasha Bracken events start? <laughs> well, I think, I mean, it really started back when I was a 
a kid, I, you know, my, my dad used to host a lot of dinner parties and I would help like put the menu together, select the music, set the table. And, you know, just seeing that all come together and then seeing everybody, you know, at the table, enjoying themselves, having, you know, glasses of wine and just really enjoying it. I, I loved it. I just thought it was such a fun thing to see people, you know, that were close together, just having fun and, you know, kind of um, enjoying each other's company. And I think that just stuck with me um, throughout the years. And then when I graduated from college, I graduated with a degree in communications. I worked at the radio station for four years. I was a DJ, like that's, I worked in production and I really thought that that's what I wanted to do. More on the production side, um, as I kind of got more into it uh, through college, but um, you know, just producing like commercials and then like, and also um, you know, like promotional events and things like that. And so I worked for a PR agency um, a few years after I graduated, and really loved all aspects of it. But I really felt like I gravitated towards the opportunities I had to, to plan events for our clients. So it was a product launch or, you know, announcing a new service or something, you know, we would put it all together and bite the press and, you know, and that's really where I fell in love with events and decided that I wanted to start my own company. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, I had helped, a couple of my friends with their wedding and really fell in love with wedding. So I started with that in addition to other events, corporate, because uh, that was really my background um, and um, other social events like bar and bar mitzvahs, um, anniversary parties, all that. So I never um, kind of just focused on one area. And I think for me, that's really the secret to why I've been in business for so long, because I feel I've gotten to do different things and haven't burnt out on, you know, just doing weddings or just doing nonprofit galas and really just kind of, you know, keeping things fresh. How long have you been in business now? Um, I have been in business about 20 years. <laughs> so, oh, that's a good stretch. Yeah. No, a long that's... Time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. So. Uh, when when we had George on, you know, obviously George's family business, they've, they've been going for like 30, 40 years now. And to see yeah. like 20, 20, 30 years, like in the wedding industry and that kind of stuff like that, that's a big accomplishment. That That's a long stretch. You know, I think yeah. st- statistically most people, you know, they, they kind of, they make it, it's either you make it like past three years or you don't. Like it's a very strange thing in weddings. Like it's, you see like people come and then they just, they're, they're gone pretty quick. Yeah. No, Uh, it's definitely an industry, especially I think with planners, it's definitely an industry where, you know, people get into it. I think, you know, they see the movies, they see it, it appears to be this glamorous job, you know, you're working with brides and, you know, all these pretty things, florals and linens and all that. And they don't realize how much work it is and, you know, the kind of the pressure that 
is on, not just from the client perspective, but also from your team. You know, there's, you know, there's a lot of expectations of a planner, um, especially in the luxury market, you know, and that they are going to, you know, have all the information, they're going to execute everything, um, you know, flawlessly. And, you know, and that's, so that's, to me, for me, that's definitely, it's a lot of pressure and something that I always strive, you know, not only to, you know, exceed expectations from my clients, but also the team, you know, so that everyone feels like we work together and that, um, you know, they were able to do their job, you know, and it was made easier because of my involvement. That's really the goal. Yeah. I think a lot of, there's a lot of misconceptions, um, like people and not to get gross, but like people don't see like everyone just covered in sweat. Like everyone yeah. just like grinding out in like 106 degree weather, like trying to get like, let alone if, um, you know, I was at event, I was at an event in uh, downtown, uh, at the Newbury and the, uh, uh, the audio system failed. Right. And they were right. They were just starting the toasts. So like the, you know, the planner well, the planners crew was just, they were everywhere in that room trying to figure out what they could do to fix it. Like people don't see like that portion of like how yeah. stressful a live event could be when something is not going, you know, the way that it was the way that it was supposed to. So there's, yeah, I think there's definitely a gap there between, you know, expectations and reality with some people. Like that. So, yeah. so. And I think a lot of that pressure is just because, you know, we, we're the ones that are kind of the orchestra, right. Of everything. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, whatever it is, it comes back to us because, you know, because people feel like, Oh, they can, the planner would take care of it. You know, the planner will fix it. And yeah, most of the time we do. And that's, that's part of the job, but it's, you know, um, keeping all those, uh, you know, we're responsible for keeping all those other pieces playing and, and moving as they're supposed to. Yeah. You're just, you're keeping, you're just constantly stomping out fires. You're just going from yeah. one to the next. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm such a big proponent of just really planning, um, detail planning beforehand because, and taking care of all those like little things as much as you can. I mean, things are always going to come up, but getting everybody the information they need, like even down to like, you know, when you're working with the ceremony musicians, letting them know what the last thing that the officiant is going to say, mm -hmm. at, you know, at the end of the ceremony. So they know when to start the music, like those little things, like getting those checked off before the ceremony or, you know, the day is really helpful in terms of like being able to mitigate, like, how many things you're having to juggle, you know, and so that, you know, giving yourself that extra time for the things that are going to come up, you know, so that you're not feeling like, um, you know, you're walking around 
like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like your hair's on fire. And you're just running around in circles. Yeah. No, we, Brittany and I, we've started to, uh, we make our own like timeline now. So we'll take the timeline from like the planner, you know, the photographer and we'll merge it all into one thing. And then we'll add, we put our own stuff in there now to where, you know, Britt knows that at 445, like she's on this camera and she's, you know, working on X while I'm in another spot, you know, doing something else. And like, so we can, it makes our day significantly easier when you can just pull up something on your phone and be like, oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be getting a couple establishing shots right now. And then I got to break this down and take it, take it over here. Like there's, you know, it's, it, it's not like a super detailed thing, but it has enough to where you're, you know, like in an hour I should be doing this. So, yeah. And which is making our days easier. It's making them more uh, predictable, I guess would be the good word for yeah. it. It's being, it's a little bit more predictable. Yeah. Have you been struggling to make solid cinematic films? Do you watch other filmmakers and wonder why their products look so good? You need training, good specialized training, something that is easy to digest and that you can take safely at home. I'm not talking about college, talking about full-time filmmaker. Parker Walbeck and his team have put together an amazing course with over 400 training videos. Everything from Wedding Video Pro with Jake Weisler to how to edit with Premiere or Final Cut. Imagine getting proper, real-world training you can do at home. Imagine the impact that would have on your work, your skills increase, your quality increases, and then so do your prices. Click on our affiliate link below, take the free online training on their top 10 secrets to achieving cinematic shots, and see what full-time filmmaker can do for you. We did it, and it propelled our business. So obviously, you didn't start as a luxury planner. Like, I'm assuming that there was a progression. Like, you you know, you started working, you know, regular events, then you build, built, built, built. What, yeah. what, what kind of climb was that? Was that like a gradual climb or? It definitely was gradual. And I think that's the thing that I would say to anybody that is just starting out in this business or has been in this business for a few years, you have to have patience because, you know, I think a lot of it, you, you just have to gain the experience and that comes through with the client and they have that trust in you. Um, you know, it's, I mean, my first wedding um, was a tented outdoor wedding. You know, it was a fairly nice wedding. Um, I had never done a tented wedding before, mm -hmm. and I learned so much. But I made so little on that wedding because I, you know, I was, this is my first wedding. And so I think it just really you know, it, it, it's kind of, you know, especially in our industry in, in general, like there's no standardization, but I feel like you need to really be honest with your level of experience and that's how you should price your services. And so that's why I think it's more gradual. The more experience you get, the more situations that you are put in that teach you that, you know, the mistakes that you learn from, it enables you to say, okay, I'm worth this, you know, and mm. the clients are getting, you know, better service, but a better experience because of what I've learned and what I've experienced. 
Um, and especially in the luxury market, I mean, it's, it's not even just the planning and the details. It's knowing, you know, the little nuances of service and, you know, how things should be presented and displayed and, you know, the food preparation, um, presentation, things like that, um, you know, because there's a lot of, again, expectations from the client at that level, you know, they're spending, you know, a significant amount of money. And so they, and they're used to the best restaurants, the best mm-hmm. wines. And so that's, you know, you have to be able to kind of speak their language for, you know, as you're, as you're planning with them. So it's a lot of education. It's a lot of learning, just reading and, you know, just kind of keeping up with, with that. What, just out of curiosity, what, what do you think the average costs of your weddings are now? Um, like the entire budget? Yeah, total budget. Yeah, just total mm-hmm. budget. Mm-hmm. That clients, you know, it ranges. Um, we, you know, our minimum for budgets is 175 Um, you know, and honestly, I know that's a huge amount of money for a lot of people, but when you're talking about destination weddings Mm -hmm. and, you know, just the kind of level of experience that we're providing and, you know, there's a lot of rentals typically involved and a lot of florals, those, those add up, especially, you know, especially now, you know, I think one of the things that's been really challenging with this season is the cost of everything has just skyrocketed. You yep. know, in particular, yeah, God forbid flour. if you had to buy some wood. <laughs> what? It's like, God forbid if you had to buy some wood. So. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, and so setting, like, just kind of educating clients on, on that, you know, especially like with flowers, you know, I think that was, it's always been something that, clients are like, I can't believe flowers cost this much, but you're not paying necessarily just for the flowers. You're paying for, you know, a team of five or six people potentially to be, you know, arranging the flowers. And then on the day, you know, the labor to, you know, create the design that you want and all that. So there's so much more that goes into it. Um, And, you know, unfortunately just that cost has, you know, gone up quite a bit this season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, just demand side economics like that's, yeah. I know a lot of people don't, don't understand some of these things and like people are like, Oh, the gas prices are going up. Well, of course gas is going up. There's more demand for it. So of course they're going to raise it. Like, it's just like, that's just how that works. Like it's not anything special. So yeah. 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 No, it's crazy. It's Uh, all education, but I think, you know, yeah. Again, our budgets range um, minimum of one seventy five. We you know done half a million dollar weddings and you know higher. And I think it's just it's really ends up with the comfort level of the client and what they you know what they expect. Yeah, yeah there's there's one wedding that I've done where I was the third videographer, and that was by far 
the uh, the highest end wedding I've ever done. They uh, it was at uh, CBI at Chatham Bars Inn, and yep. we worked there a lot. Yeah, well, they we just were there last weekend actually. They built a structure on CBI, like they they built a standalone. It might still be there. There's a like a glass <laughs> glass ceiling with glass walls over uh, right right next to the. Um, uh, where the outdoor bar is like when, when you would pull up to go to like the restaurant on the ocean side, yeah. instead of going on the left side to the resort, uh, they, yeah. they built a, this is the equivalent of two stories, but it was all open air. So it was like 25 feet yeah. tall. Yeah, I know it was, it was phenomenal. Uh, they had to have spent like 400 grand in just flowers. Like yeah. it was, it was insane. Like I'd never seen something like that before. Like it was, it was, uh, it was definitely, it was definitely a, a very good experience. It was cool to see, uh, how those type of events are ran. Uh, it was Michelle, is it Rago? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Rago. Yeah. yeah. It was Michelle Rago. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Is that the wedding she just did this summer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it uh, was. <laughs> but like I said, I was the third videographer. I wasn't, you know, they, the videography team that was there brought me in to shoot. They okay. did a, um, uh, a video for her. And then I was shooting the shots for that video. Like that was my, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. We've done a lot of, um, like tented, the tented weddings there on the South lawn. Um, you know, again, just talking about like experience and everything we had, one of our weddings there was completely flooded and we couldn't, mm. the water was just coming up in the tent and, um, we had to like basically abandon the tent and we had chandeliers, we had, you know, these huge tables that were rented and, you know, so I mean, fortunately, you know, the property is amazing and we were able to um, bring everything up to the restaurant and they canceled all the the dinner reservations yeah, the for reservations. that night. And we did everything up there, but it was, I mean, and that's the kind of, I think, experience that really shows you how people can come together as a team because everybody just did what they needed to do to get it done. And I don't think, you know, the miracle is I don't think any of the guests even knew what was happening or that there was supposed to be a tent (laughs) other than the fact that she had a a sketch on her menu card that she did of the tent, (laughs) but you know, (laughs) but yeah. So interesting. Lots of stories. Definitely. I could tell. (laughs) Yeah. But that's what makes like live events so much fun. Like that's what, yeah. there's always something that, you know, but I guess the important thing is that you, uh, you know, we, we, in the military, we called it uh Semper Gumby. You're always flexible. So, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Was, yeah. Just figure it out. <laughs> uh, but let's, let's talk about the client experience because that's, that's something that I think a lot of wedding professionals just don't do well. And I think that's what starts to like make or break, you know, a company is how they're interacting with their clients, like what their clients are feeling and that kind of stuff. And I, I guess what, 
how do you think you would define just in general what the client experience is? I think generally the client experience is, you know, it's how you make them feel even before they're a client. You know, what is, how are you communicating with them when you first, you know, are going through the discovery process with them? And like, what is that experience like? Um, You know, I think that is so important because that's really going to give them a sense of what it's like to work with you. And that's what you really want to do when you're, you know, talking to a potential client is give them a sense of, you know, the experience they're going to have working with you. So really being, you know, sensitive and um, trying to and really listening to what they're saying, um, speaking to them, you know, as they're speaking. So using words that they're using. Um, I'm a really fast talker. So I find like if I'm talking to a client that's a little bit slower paced and like maybe has more of a calmer speaking, um, I try to come down to that and like just, you know, so because everyone feels more comfortable when it's something that they're familiar with, right? So using the same kind of, throwing the same words at them and, you know, that they're using and the language and, you know, just speech patterns and things like that, I think really helps clients feel more comfortable. Um, And then setting expectations, like next steps, like, you know, okay, so, you know, you've had this great conversation with them and, you know, they're interested in potentially working with you. So what's next, you know, um, making sure that they understand the next two or three steps that are going to happen and, you know, keeping that line of communication open, um, you know, whether, you know, sending, um, you know, pictures of weddings from their venue or certain things like that. And I think, you know, it's all stuff I've learned through, um, you know, actually like working with a business coach and just because it wasn't something, you know, that the client experience wasn't something that, like you were saying, I didn't really give a lot of thought to mm-hmm. until I, you know, rebranded a couple of years ago and really kind of sat back and kind of thought about who is the client that I want to work with and, you know, what what are their expectations of what that process is going to be like. So, um, yeah, I mean, some, some of that really stood out to me which is at the very beginning of what you had just said is you said when we're going through like that discovery and one thing that like we've started doing is um, if you talk to like, not everybody, but if you talk to like certain photographers, DJs, that kind of stuff, like everybody refers to things as like a sales call. Like that first thing we're going to do is a sales call. But ours, I'm being serious. And ours is called a discovery call. Like we've changed the way that we talk about that because that's not the client that we're looking for. If that makes sense. Like we're, you know what I mean? Like we, we changed our vernacular around all kinds of different things to match what we thought 
these higher end clients would be talking. So exactly what you're saying, like you, we've changed our language to match what they would expect. Like, I'm not going to get on a sales call with somebody um, who has a budget of 10 grand for a videographer. Like that's just not, I just, they're not going to, they're not going to, that's not going to resonate with them. You you know what I mean? Like there, so there's, it's really important that people kind of understand who their target couple is, like who's their target client and then, you know, build things around that. Like that's, I think, I think it was a really good, yeah. Yeah. Got a lot of good, uh, a lot of good nuggets in there. It, it's interesting because, you know, I think it's also helped me feel more confident because I'm not, I don't consider myself a salesperson. Like I'm not, that's just not who I am. And so when looking at it as, oh, I have to sell myself and I have to like, you know, it, it's, that puts a lot of pressure on you. And, or it does me, but when I think of it as, okay, this initial discussion, I'm trying to figure out who they are, what they're, what they're looking for. And, you know, also too, are they really a serious potential client? Like, are they ready to, to work together? Or is this, you know, what phase are they in, you know, in terms of like the entire process? And so it's, you know, it's a, very, I used to approach the calls, you know, like asking a lot of like personal questions, like, how did you meet? Like, you know, just because I felt like I wanted to, you know, which I do want to get to know them, but, you know, you know, and some, you know, someone taught me, you know, a while ago that like, it's like dating though. Like, you know, when you go on a first date, are you going to start asking someone like, all these personal questions and like, no, you're probably not. Or if you do, that might be something that turns them off. Right. And I think it's the same thing with, you know, your process in, in, in working with clients. Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless running in the background and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.